0: On this week's episode of Where We Are, we have our Fortnum and Mason out, we got our pinkies out, and we are ready to talk about the coronation. You're listening to Where We Are. Where are, you? Where are you? You're listening to Where We Are. We are the wares. I'm Michael. I'm Melissa. And Melissa, we're recording on... Um, hi!
1: know you're gonna actually go in that direction. I thought there was gonna be a pause but I was gonna insert the Tootaloo. But yeah, <laughs> it's our coronation episode. People. It is
0: our coronation Cheerio. episode.
1: Gonna be chuffed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are Sorry. we doing this the whole?
1: Sorry. Sorry, you keep going. Okay, we're good. Go ahead, Michael.
0: Let's just get this done and dusted. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Hey, uh, this is. Yeah, we're just going to dive right into it. This episode is uh, right at our sweet spot. This is our marriage, uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. M- Melissa is an expert, really. Uh, Melissa, you worked for years, continue to work uh, mm-hmm. uh, for and with uh, the British Council. Mm-hmm. Maybe before we get into into the coordination. Just talk a bit about, and you've you've talked a bit about this in previous episodes, but just remind people of the role you served, what the British Council is, why it's relevant to this conversation, and then we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, okay. So the British Council, I worked there for about seven years. I was head of society programs. This was at the British Embassy in D.C. And the British Council, is the UK government's way of doing cultural programming and doing cultural diplomacy, and is really like the soft power arm of the government, which is super relevant to our conversation today—conversations on soft power, the politics of the UK, um, just what this coronation means seventy years after the you know the last one that they had.
0: Just crazy. Now, if you're doing like an annual report for a, a non-profit that has the mission of uh, exporting British culture, you kind of get to declare a win just after today.
1: Oh, yeah. You could, basically, you could basically write off like five years and just be like, we did it, folks. We've got a bunch of new Anglophiles around the world.
0: It, it was, yeah. So, uh, historic, uh, historic day Uh, Melissa, I want you to talk through a bit of what you saw today but one of the immediate it seems we, we live in such like a presentist age everything's of the moment uh it was funny as I was watching coverage of The coronation on CNN—they kept on going to commercials for a a docu uh, a um, documentary docu series on the 2010s, (laughs) and it was showing Uh clips of like Lena Dunham and Game of Thrones, as if it was like you know like we needed like a like it was a blast from the past. Uh And then it would go back to the coverage of the coronation and they'd be like, this is the King Edward chair from the 1400s. And you just go, wow, we don't have that many moments in our culture with that much history, mm-hmm. that much tradition. And as we'll talk about later, the whole ceremony is constructed to uh, yes look forward and and there was a lot of sort of marketing language around that but also to draw on tradition but Melissa just talk what is a coronation what what are the basics of what we saw today Uh, and and what stuck out to you
1: the coronation because I mean you have to remember because with uh, the monarchy there's always been this idea that the monarchy you know is not just a place where you know a family for years on end just you know uh, just reign after reign it's for them to just be rich and to be surrounded by riches i mean there's that too but also the the coronation is a place where the the monarch um, presents him or herself before god and um you know it's a place for the the people of that country, you know, the UK, to actually um, welcome in that new reign of that monarch. Or in the realm. And
0: the realm, the, and the, yeah, realm yeah. the
1: whole realm, the Commonwealth. Um, and to also see this sort of very religious ceremony where, you know, Charles and previously Elizabeth, you know, commit themselves to the people, commit themselves to their service, commit themselves to God. Um, and that, you know, God is blessing like these proceedings. And so, you know, the coronation, it's it's a lot of history. It's a lot of p- pop and circumstance and pageantry. But um, it's, and, you know, in a lot of ways, it was designed that way as well to obviously show power, you know, good several centuries ago um, and to demonstrate that kind of power. But, you know, now like that's a bit more symbolic, that power type of thing. But still on the soft power end, like, I mean, the power kind of really matters. I mean that—that's a general way that I would sort of frame the coronation in sort of very simple terms.
0: Yeah, and so that's what you know played out today. There was a lot of talk leading up to the ceremony, a lot of media reports that I thought at the time were a bit overblown, and think so even you know more now uh, about. sort of nods to the future and what was interesting in the media coverage was this this juxtaposition between oh there was a way they did it in the past and that was a a christian ceremony but what's gonna happen now is something that's inclusive as Mm -hmm. if the two uh don't go together Um, so and, and it was so interesting to see that, that, that narrative sort of play out. And there were changes uh, to some of the ways that the coronation, that the ceremony played out. For instance, uh, uh, the king rec- uh, received a greeting from representatives of other faiths uh uh and um the prime minister uh sunak is is hindu yeah, and he's so just hindu. his inclusion it was uh, his participation in the ceremony was interesting yeah. but as you said he was reading christian scripture he read colossians um, yeah. and it was a thoroughly it was a thoroughly Christian ceremony. I, I have I have so many sort of thoughts on that and what it means. I mean, one of the interesting pieces of this is, um, you know, we have debates in in this country uh, about whether it's appropriate for there to be an invocation and benediction mm-hmm. at an otherwise, you know, thoroughly secular in terms of in terms of the um, uh, guess you could say the oath, uh, swearing an oath on, on the Bible, but um, but uh, a uh, agenda, uh, schedule of our inauguration ceremonies, like the, all the attention goes to these special religious elements uh, as if the religion is getting special treatment by being featured meanwhile you know you look at the coronation it's, it's just it's it's a it's, it's a, a religious, religious ceremony. ceremony yeah and Melissa you've commented in the past about you know and I think that there's this idea that oh that's exclusive you know it's exclusive it what it cuts people out but you've reflected to me in the past about like going to conferences in the UK mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily, I mean, they aren't religious. They aren't hosted by a religious organization, but mm-hmm. they will end with a uh, an interfaith ceremony, but mm-hmm. much like today, following a Christian liturgy oh, yeah. and, 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 and liturgy in to... a church, and and it's just such an interesting. Interesting thing that upsets some of the categories and debates that we have in this country.
1: Yeah, I mean, I went to a conference one time in the UK at a castle that's owned by the the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office. So a government body owns a castle. I mean... Just hashtag UK with that one. Um, but, you know, there were many different faiths attending because it was a really a conference on international religious freedom. And we were invited at the end of the night to the church that was attached to um, the castle itself. And because, you know, a bunch of people who attended were like vicars, priests, whatever. Um, and somebody led like an even song. And a ton of people attended, including Muslims, Jews, Hindus, Baha'i, like, and loved it. And it was not... It was a secular conference run by a secular entity at a government building but they had that because there's a church attached and why not you know have a ceremony and uh, yeah no the uk is very interesting in this way because the separation of church and state is a very different model than the united states and i would say i just getting a little bit digging a little bit more into this with you i think it's so interesting that the ceremony itself i think they did beautifully with Yes. This idea of inclusion, yes. which with the fact that they know that this is a religious ceremony, it's been built around the Christian faith. Um, the king himself is a Christian. His mother was a devout Christian. So he kept that. He included messages from other leaders. And it, it's not surprising because the king himself for several years now, I mean, like a good decade said that he was not going to be the defender of the faith. he was going to be defender of faiths. Um, and that upset some people when he, you know, sort of going down that road a little while ago. But you know he's he's always been um, somebody who loves interfaith work, who sees the value of faith-based groups doing all kinds of community work through like his prince's trust and his other um, charity uh, charitable endeavors. And so this was just a natural extension of how King Charles has conducted himself when it comes to like religious things. It's just interesting that the media, couldn't like quite get this messaging on pluralism. And I don't understand if it's the media itself or if the PR coming out of the coronation actually didn't have the external messaging quite right. Or if it was just the media being the media, you would think that they would, the PR team would have the messaging right. And it just got
0: like, I I mean, so it was a lot of American press that I was seeing this, this from. And that's because in, and I don't want to get too deep into this because I, I do Write about it in uh, the spirit of our politics, which comes out in January. Uh, but in America, uh, secularism is uh, coded as neutral. Yes. And so it's it's very hard for some Americans to to imagine. Even though I think it happens here all the time in the American context, it's very hard for, I think, well-meaning Americans to even imagine that non-Christian religious people in the UK feel more included by a Christian ceremony than they would in a, uh, in a ceremony that intentionally weeded out references to religion. Mm-hmm. And I hear this all the time in the in the American context and I've heard it in the UK among particularly among Muslim leaders who will say who will say, yes, we we all know that uh, when Welby uh, says pretty poignantly sort of the, the the best hope that we would have for those of you listening is that as the king has done that you would, render your service unto the Lord I'm paraphrasing there uh, uh, we we uh, they would say you know and obviously this is a generalization but uh, would say yeah we know it's 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 obvious that that is a uh literally a royal we mm-hmm. that doesn't include everybody there are there are British citizens uh, citizens of uh the Commonwealth for whom their best, they, they would not agree that serving unto the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, the highest uh, ends of men, uh, and yet there's a translation that happens, and and uh, uh, they would say, "Well, we a we know it, it is a uh, um, there's an established church." As long as we're we welcome, as long as we have religious freedom in this context, then the, the expectation that there are religious people in the society benefits us just as it benefits the Christians and, and others. As you know, Melissa, uh, King Charles, would you say, I mean, top three agenda items for him, religious, religious freedom and interfaith. Work. I mean, it's yeah. really been a hallmark. Yeah, of I mean, his...
1: the only one that's really like moved into the the top rank is climate change. So, like John Kerry, our special envoy to right. climate, was there with um Dr. Jill with the first baby with the first lady. <laughs> I was just said yeah, first yeah. baby <laughs> with the first lady. So he was there because. For King Charles, like climate has like shot to the top, but he has been doing interfaith religious freedom work for a long time. He yeah. he's very conversant on it, very knowledgeable. Yeah, he's very good at this stuff. And I just want to um, make another comment for something that um, Americans in general, American media also doesn't quite understand—not just about the UK, but Europe in general—is how important ritual is, yeah. um, and ritual coming out of. A religious background, um, you know. If you survey any, you know, European country, religiosity has been declining for a long time. is much lower than the United States, the UK. You know, the whole big headline over the last three months was this new census number that less than fifty percent of Brits say that they're Christian now. Um, and uh, so rituals like funerals, like weddings, like a coronation, where liturgy and the christian faith is still involved even if folks are atheist agnostic have become something else or you know have been brought up in a different faith um the rituals of these things are still bringing a ton of comfort to people and you could see it today especially with um the anointing ceremony um the you know or the anointing part of the ceremony and if you watched it at all this is the part where the king had to take his robes off. He was left in basically like his undershirt and he went inside this. um, They built this, you know, makeshift of like four walls where it was him and Archbishop Justin Welby who anointed his head, his feet, his hands. Um, And it's supposed to be the most religious aspect of the ceremony. Um, And they even talk about how this is like the most supernatural part of the ceremony where, This is like the blessing where there is a connection between the monarch and God in that moment um, for the blessing of that reign. And if you've ever seen The Crown, it was like the third episode of The Crown. It's my favorite episode of The Crown. It's honestly one of my favorite episodes of TV pretty much ever. They did an episode on Queen Elizabeth's coronation, and obviously it's all fictionalized, but they showed the inside of that sort of four walls that they make in 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 westminster and it showed um you know the archbishop anointing queen elizabeth during that episode i remember weeping and just being like this is so beautiful because they tried to capture that supernatural element that is said to be happening when there's this anointing part of of the coronation and i thought it was really moving today and it just showed that just These rituals are actually something that are still very much a part of, like, Brits' lives, of European lives, even with, you know, um, secularization becoming, like, you know, like the name of the game when it comes to, like, any given European country. Um, It's just really interesting to note that, and it's something I don't think, like, American media can quite, like... Capture either and for Americans to generally
0: understand. I mean, frankly, because Queen Elizabeth was on the throne for so long, mm -hmm. there haven't been many reminders of that.
1: That was the biggest takeaway today for me is that we have spent 70 years without seeing this ceremony. Right. So a ton of people are brand new to this. You know, anybody seventy and younger has never seen one before, whether you are American, whether you're a Brit, whether you're anywhere in the world watching on TV. And so this is the first coronation of the modern age. This is the first coronation of social media. right? Because I mean, the whole other thing was like social media blew up the whole. Um Oh gosh, I forget what they call it, but like a commitment that they were that they incorporated for the first time into the ceremony to replace some other
0: yes, ritual. Exactly right. Where you could
1: make a um, a public declaration to King Charles of like fealty. It used to it be,
0: it's used to it used, used to, be to be for just the nobility. The people, yes,
1: it used to just be for the nobility. So they said, okay, let's make it for the public. Let's make this inclusive again, um, so that people feel like they can follow along. Well, on social media, the backlash over the last like month or month or two was. I'm not pledging fealty to this guy uh, because, you know, I, I'm i a Christian. I follow Christ only or like I hate the monarchy right yeah, or yeah. I can't believe during a cost of living crisis they would ever expect us to say to commit ourselves to yeah, this yeah, king. Yeah. It's so funny watching all that happen because you see thousands of people in the streets. I have a lot of British friends, you know, not all of them are like, Total monarchists. Most of them are quite neutral on the whole monarchy, but they understand actually there's a ton of benefit that the monarchy does bring to the does bring to the UK, whether you like it or not, kind of thing. Where it's kind of like social media. I'm not exactly sure how much it actually reflected British sentiment.
0: Yeah, sure. Of how
1: people actually feel about that particular new addition to the ceremony, but social media made it feel like oh, everybody hates King Charles. He's not as beloved beloved as his mom. No, I think like, the
0: average. Brit in particular was glad to be invited into the ceremony in that way so you know all these kind of narratives get get spun up uh and um surely the monarchy is is facing uh real real problems I think I think King Charles is going to have a a difficult uh a difficult reign in in many ways the Passing of Queen Elizabeth has provided occasion for uh, member nations of the Commonwealth to mm-hmm. sort of have new conversations yep. about whether they wanted to say in. So he's uh, there's going to be a lot to manage, but but yeah, like some of the uh, you know it's it's uh, it's very like tabloid tabloid mm-hmm. stuff. Just to button up the sort of religious piece of this conversation, I think the the, the point I want to make and and tried to sort of allude to it before is the uh, judgment about uh, whether you approve of the Christian elements of the ceremony or the fact that the ceremony is Christian I think the point I just want to make and like want people to consider is that like the line of that doesn't fall just on whether you're a Christian or not Mm -hmm. there are as Melissa alluded to there are non-observant uh, uh, f- uh, there are non-observant uh, folks non-christian folks who would be heartbroken if the christian elements of the ceremony were taken out because mm-hmm. of what they think it reflects about the culture what it means about being a member of the commonwealth etc cetera, etc cetera. now i think I, I will say right there is a whole um, uh, there is a church state uh, uh, conversation. There are there are British Christians and Christians in the Commonwealth that have an objection to the idea of a Christian monarchy. But I do think it's interesting. I think so often in the American context, these debates are broken down as well. If you're a Christian, you support sort of one approach by the state, and if you're not, you don't. And of course, it's really that clean cut even here. But it is interesting to look at church-state relations in another country and then try to import back some of the lessons and new vision that you get from from what you saw. Um, all right, I want to talk about one more theme, and then, Melissa, I want to know what your favorite part of the ceremony was. Mm-hmm. But in addition to the, the fact that it was a Christian ceremony, service was yes. the... Was the theme of the coronation, uh, and that was shot through the liturgy. King Charles has called for there to be a day of service mm-hmm. on Monday, and so uh, across the Commonwealth, uh, 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 organizations, churches, uh, uh, towns are participating in that. And I was, I was, um, I, I was, I was really. I was really uh, moved by that. I think there were a number of... And, and I get like a certain kind of cynicism about this, but I thought the the notes of humility that were shot mm-hmm. through the, the ceremony were really were really profound. Any thoughts on sort of the service emphasis?
1: Yeah, I, so they were taking both our Bishop Welby and then King Charles himself were taking from Mark 10, I'm not here to be served, but to serve. Um, and I just... You could tell because I was seeing sound bites that people were like really in awe of, like that that sort of taking from scripture and were um, maybe seeing a little bit a an- new, like what does that mean in like the 21st century? What does that mean for a monarch? What does that mean for a country or a commonwealth? Um, and so I think that that's really interesting that they decided let's go with this very strong theme and see what it does. Um, And I'm excited to see to see what it does and see if it is something that does sort of have a thread throughout his monarchy. And I think it is also in the end a very good reminder because his his mother, the queen, um, she kind of alluded to it a lot, talked about it a little bit about how hard it is to be the monarch um, and how it really is. Uh, a call to service for them you know despite the fact that obviously they live quite lavishly and have their trusts and like a lot of money and like i mean there's the whole conversation about how much they cost the taxpayer and all that so like you know said that i know a lot of people are like oh he's living in the lap of luxury or she lived in the lap of luxury how is anything hard but um it can be quite lonely and because of all like the rituals and pomp and circumstance and all of the rules and protocols it's it's hard on families. It's hard on people. It's hard hard on the monarch. So I think it's also just a good reminder of that as well that the job isn't just this complete and utter symbol. Like there there is work for them to do, and um, it's also worth noting that like the UK, a bunch of other European countries do actually have kings and queens but the uk is the only one that runs this sort of coronation ceremony and i think it's in a lot of ways besides the fact that it's obviously a cultural export it's you know it's a way of sort of um promoting the monarchy and ensuring that people continue to champion the monarchy like there's all that for those reasons but as well it's because the monarchy does contribute a lot to sort of british society and especially through its charity work
0: yeah, no, yeah, I, I think I think that's all helpful. Melissa, what was your favorite part of the of the ceremony and what we what we saw today?
1: I have already talked about it. It was the anointing part of the ceremony. I thought it was really moving. What was yours?
0: Uh yeah, so I, I loved that he was greeted uh by by child, by a boy. Mm-hmm. Um who welcomed the king on behalf of the king of kings uh yeah, and and yeah. i I, ju- I i just thought that was yeah. um i i thought that was really yeah really sweet and, and 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 meaningful uh so so yeah i i i thought that was a that was a nice touch
1: yeah it was there's also the part where they have to hold the scepter and the ball and they've just got crowned the actual crowning part of it and they just look I think it just always looks so funny holding those things because they're just so, it's just such a pageantry, those things. And obviously they're very important, highly symbolic or whatever, but I just think the picture of him just sitting there with that crown on his, and I, I heard it's the only time he's going to wear the crown, which makes a lot of sense. Why would you want to carry that thing? Around? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I did, I was thinking, you know, they... We're talking about the weight of the various yep. the crown, and it, they look yeah, uncomfortable. No, like they look very uncomfortable. In the videos,
1: she looked uncomfortable, and he also looked uncomfortable. So I was just kind of chuckling a little bit. Yeah, looks like you know he's like, however old he is, he's quite old, but he just looks like a little child with holding those things. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, anything? Any other reflections on the coronation? What's ahead for King? Tr- I mean, we haven't talked about. Yeah, you know, Prince Harry, or former the the artist formerly known as, <laughs> as Prince Harry, was there. The Duke um, of Sussex. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I think he wasn't stripped of that.
1: No, I'm no. He's, oh, okay. he's still Duke of Sussex. All right. Um, and his children will even have um titles as well, but okay. he just doesn't do like royal duties anymore. Yeah, 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 Um, yeah, I thought that that was handled really. I mean, I'll get into anything else, but like I thought that was handled super well because. All of the coverage could have been like, oh, what was Harry doing? And what was William doing? And did they look happy? Did they fight? You know, he came in very quietly, left very quietly. Um, if, you know, if Megan had also come, then there would have been so much focus on her. I think they made the right choice because they know how the media is. And they made sure that the focus stayed on uh, Charles.
0: Yeah, I think there was very much like a mutual understanding in the months leading up to the Mm -hmm. coronation that like this is not a, this is, yes, there are differences. Yes. Everyone has their own sort of, own sort of thing. Netflix series, Buckingham palace leak into the press. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, we saw, we saw that in in a way that I appreciated in both ways, sort of, King Charles and Queen Camilla were were center stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, uh, this will fade, especially with British tabloids, but for a 24-hour period, there was a reverential spirit to what was going on. And I think, again, to credit King Charles, there was... A lifting up of the ideal of of public service, Mm -hmm. and now some people respond to that, and and say, "Oh, that's all. uh, None of that sincere." Mm -hmm. It's you know the uh, folks who have a bad opinion of the monarchy are going to scoff at the idea of uh, that could be involved in public service, but I think is a is a cultural message. It was deeply meaningful, and I'm interested to see what comes out of the day of service on on Monday.
1: I am too. I'm I'm interested to see that. I mean, anybody just has to look at the king's record on public service and his charitable work and know that he has to be sincere. And I think, yes, as like the sort of cultural messaging, especially at a time when the UK has been in quite a bit of economic turmoil uh obviously like their social cohesion issues don't look exactly like ours but they do have a lot of social cohesion issues um i mean the uk is a conglomeration of a bunch of countries as well so like in terms of like a unifying message something that actually works towards unity i think is a good idea let's see how it works and i think it'll be really interesting to watch the polling because i mean they polled when the queen died people's opinions on the monarchy um, and just after, and um, folks' opinion of the monarchy actually went up with the death of the queen. I think because all of a sudden j- the monarchy was thrust into the spotlight, and people were actually asked, like, when it comes down to it, would right. you rather have this or versus having yeah, yeah, like yeah. another sort of role being created? And people said, actually, you know, I like the monarchy. And so it'll be interesting to see do the numbers tick back up again after this coronation has happened with the Commonwealth again? Will members of the Commonwealth leave? Does the coronation, does, you know, help things? Does you know, Charles, what he actually starts off with doing, does he actually try to massage those relationships or do they just say, you know what, those, you know, those various countries going to do what they're going to do and, you know, we're going to let it go kind of thing. So, yeah, those are all various things and issues. To yeah, watch.
0: last thing I'll say. <laughs> Archbishop Welby, um... He has a tough road to hoe w- within the Anglican Communion. Uh, but the other side of his job, man, he's had quite a run. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meghan and Harry's mar- oh, a wedding. Mm-hmm. The service for Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Now this. He is, I mean, we talk about there not being a... Uh, 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 A transfer of the of the of the crown in 70 years Mm -hmm. the the church of england has not had to preside over the archbishop has not had to preside over this for 70 years so he's working off as as little precedent uh as uh as the monarch and I, i think he's just done a wonderful wonderful job uh
1: yes a bunch of um women bishops had like more prominent roles today yeah oh yeah there there was the church of england got also a chance to sort of exercise some new traditions which i think was important for people to see for sure
0: absolutely all right well i think that's all we have for this episode as always would love to hear what you think uh, uh and how you reflected on the coronation and so do let us know Uh, But we will be back next week. Really appreciate you listening.
1: Bye. Wanna turn
0: up? Yeah, I still wanna turn up. All I want is to go again, but you ain't picking.